Absolutely it does. Happy Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Welcome to our first show of March. So I guess March Madness is here, although the origin of that term is still about a week or so away, even more than that. But the madness started for us, Dave Cook, right away, March 1st and 2nd. We're not at Amsoil today. Every other time I see you, we seem to be. Uh, that was the funny thing. Last night, we you sent a text out saying, hey, you know, it's uh, it's 545. Could you come pick me up? I right. supposed to be at Amsoil at 7. And at 650, when you hadn't picked me up yet, I said, well, we're live in about 20 seconds. Where are you? Yeah, let's get going here, Dave. So, no, it, it, uh, it's been a week, man. We've, we've had games. So I had Scholastic on Sunday. So right. I had Sunday, Monday. We had a double dip Monday. Yep. Took so Tuesday, Tuesday to breathe. Off. Wednesday, Thursday. Section final. Thursday, section final. Yep. Friday off. Tonight, CSS in a big one. All right. Let's start with that. Before we look back, let's look ahead. Tonight's going to be fun. I'm getting familiar with the phrase, pack the planet, because it is Mars Lakeview Arena. That's clever. But why should folks pack the planet tonight? It's a big one. Yeah, it's a Mayak championship game. Augsburg is the number two seed. Glasgow's number one. Um, we really are hoping that the building's full. Mars, when it's empty, is is a little tough. Right. When it's full, it holds noise really, really well. Uh, so it and should, as the PA guy, you like that idea? I, I really do. I really do. The um, if, if you're just looking for good hockey, right? The first line of Scholastica's is ridiculous. Like, they can score on anybody in the country. Um, they're going to be good for at least one tonight. Uh, Augsburg is good. You know, there's no question about it. But for the first time, Scholastica's ranked in the country. Right. Um, and man. Well, and for the first time, for St. Scholastica to have a game of this magnitude, because we were up at the section finals Wednesday and Thursday. Yep. And Steve Jazerski was there, too, during his television coverage for WDIO. <laughs> yes. And to see the excitement talking about this Saints team from two guys like yourselves who have been around through the thick and the thin, the excitement is good. I hope the community joins. I really do because, you know, we, we've, I mean, how often yet today do you hear about, um, you know, the UWS championships and, and how the goaltender was from Central and all that. Right. Shout out to Nate Zimski. Scholastica's loaded with kids from East, right? Uh, Lanigan's there and Hunter Payne is there and Will is there and Olson, Sam Olson is there and he's been really good this year. I mean, there's local flavor. There's uh, international flavor. There's studs from Division One who came to play with the Russians. Right. The the Rickles kid is is that guy. I was gonna and say when you got a Mister Hockey candidate playing Division Three and playing it well, you might as well check it out. And the and the two Russian kids, I'm telling you, yeah. If you haven't come and seen them, tonight's the night because there's a lot of money on the table, and I think uh, the Ledenkoff brothers and Rickles are going to be crazy on. But the thing is, is they're not they're not even. I don't believe they're the leading scorers. Uh, we have uh, a center, uh, Nathan Adrian from Rozo, who most of the year was their leading scorer, uh, gritty, grindy kind of guy. Um, so yeah, they're they're uh, they're good. And tonight, I hope they're really good. All right, so Saint Scholastica, good luck to you tonight. It's a place to be. Pack the planet, Mars Lake View Arena. If you're not a Saints fan yet, no time like the present to make yourself one. Check that out. Wish them well in the Mayak Championship against Augsburg. And if nothing else, go hear Dave Cook. His pipes on a PA microphone are nothing but the best. Yeah, and we're going to be cranked up tonight. I'll just tell you we're going to be cranked up tonight. It's going to be, uh, we'll be a little long and a little loud. All right, so Mars Lakeview, the place to be tonight. But wow, this week, and you said it already, Dave, Amsoil Arena was the place to be. You could go all the way back a week ago today because that's where we were. We preempted ourselves with East Coon Rapids way back last Saturday. But then we had Hermantown Hibbing turned out to be a dandy. Yep. Denfeld Rock Ridge turned some heads because nobody puts up 12 in the playoffs beyond the first round. And then you had Hermantown and Rock Ridge in a good final. You had Andover kind of flex on Duluth East, but good to see them back in a final. Local hockey is always fun. This week was kind of one for the ages. I really think so. I think that we we saw, and we were talking about this in the car, you know, East has been down a little bit. I think we saw a corner turned. Like, I, th- I think we saw a team that is ready to win. Uh, isn't quite there yet with Andover because Andover, I'm telling you, Andover's first line. Whew. I was going to say, that's the turbo speed that everybody talked about. I hadn't seen it until Thursday. When you see it in person, it's just a different level. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do in the state tournament because if somebody's got enough to run with that team, tip your hat well, to And again, them. we'll know the seeds later on this morning, but again, projections I've seen, and again, way too many people make projections, but some of the ones I've seen have Andover fourth. So that means there's three teams that at least played better than them throughout the regular season. But this is a defending champion. This is a turbo-quick team. 
That double-A field is going to be awesome, and the single-A one, no slouch well, as well. And, and before we talk completely about speed, how about their goaltending? <laughs> we'll just say Andover's goaltender, East scored against him, and that's like the first time since he was like six that right. he's been scored against The other game that they gave up goals in the postseason, they gave up a pair to Marshall. It was the other kid, the Conway, started that game. Yeah. And Conway, by the way, yes, that's the name of a goaltender, a sophomore on that team, but Cooper Conway is one of the two Mr. Hockey candidates. All he did was put up four in a period on Thursday night. In a, in a uh, section final against right. a team that's got really, really good defensemen. It's one of those kids that within four feet of the net, five feet of the net, if he's on the final, if it's on his stick, it's in the net. Um, and he might not have been their best player. I didn't think he was. <laughs> you know, we talked about tandems. You know, John Carlson brought up, it reminded him of the Plant Brothers. I brought up Locker and Spihart. Dave was the finisher. Chris was the grindy guy. Yep. That's kind of Cooper Conway with Spihart. And I felt like Gavin Thorson was Chris Locker. Yeah, 200 feet. The kid was winning races to his own end. He was taking pucks away from guys and weren't paying attention to his speed. Uh, he was the guy that... So uh, Conway, wouldn't you wouldn't see him, you wouldn't see him, then he'd score. Thorson was everywhere. Right. So the 7AA final didn't have much suspense. The 7A one did. We're not used to that. No, we aren't. That Rockridge team's good. Um, Hermantown figured it out. And that's the part that'll be interesting to talk to our guests later today because you and I haven't been impressed with Hermantown's game all year. And then all of a sudden, in that second half of the second period in the entire third period, it was like, whoa, this is the team we're used to seeing. Right. You're in a one-goal game with about four minutes to go. It ends up two because of an empty netter. But with four minutes to go, you think, okay, Rockridge is going to crank up the pressure here. They may have tried. It didn't show. Hermantown locked the team down. No, they, they locked the team down. And... This is going to sound, you know, antithetical a little bit, but they locked the team down in their offensive zone. Like Hermantown was so quick with the puck and so aggressive with in that last 10 minutes of the game that in their offensive zone, Rockridge didn't come to the boards. Like they were so worried about Hermantown getting to the net because that's all of a sudden what they were doing. They let Hermantown do whatever they wanted right. within four feet of the boards. And you know what Hermantown did? They did anything they wanted, and they kept the score where they where they needed it to be, and then they scored the open net for the win. Hat tip to Rock Ridge, right? No question. Uh, because they did not. Their first and last 7A final because they're going up to 7AA next year. They did not uh, cower in front of the Hermantown team, which is this big monster, right? Um, but, man, that third period when, when all of a sudden Hermantown said, you know who we are? <laughs> well, it was really interesting because, again, carrying the games, me doing play-by-play and you and John doing analyst work, it's usually, okay, we're in a one-goal game with four minutes to go, buckle up, we're going to have a great finish. And as announcers, we kind of want that. We try to will our way to a good game because it's just better. But it was a good game in terms of score. It wasn't a good game in terms of, wow, look at all these chances Rock Ridge is getting. They just weren't. And you talked about Hermantown not impressing us. That might be definition victim of expectations. Yes, 100%. But again, I wrote a column about victim of expectation is one thing. Can we stop vilifying them because of expectation? Well, and and when I say that, I mean we've seen them play a style of hockey. I know what you mean, but you know what I mean about the general public as well. Please go to NorthlandFan.com and read it and hopefully learn from it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, well, we're used to seeing this uber aggressive, get to the net, we're better than you, we're going to beat you up kind of game. And all season that we've seen them, they've been very – um, perimeter based, a lot of follow or a lot of passengers on lines. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, in the third period against Rockridge, forget it. The, the guy who impressed us so much in the third period is somebody that last year we championed as this superstar, upcoming superstar. And Dallas View has had kind of a, in our opinion, you know, we haven't seen him a lot, right? Um, but we haven't, he, he just didn't jump off the page like he did last year or the third period. Penn State's, uh, he's going to Penn State. Right. Penn State scouts in that third period had to be rubbing their hands together. So you're saying Dallas View gave them a good view of what he can wow. offer. Wow, and he played all, th- you know, he played on the kill. He played on the power play. He's the guy that killed off so much of the third right. period. He Just, and River Freeman yeah. both did yeoman's work yeah, in what, that third period. the 10th grader? Oof. Right. The kid who I know as the kick returner more than anything turned out to be a heck of a hockey player at the right time. Yeah, Freeman's as a, as a sophomore has some opportunity. But that, their seniors really came to play um you know we've we've talked about barker all year long right right uh, and the jump he's made yeah it, truly and and uh you know callaway i know he's not a senior right he's, a he's not uh callaway was exceptional 
exceptional in net. And and they didn't have a ton of shots on goal, right? But the big time shots they had, he was so calm back there. I mean, we made comment of that during the game. There was no scramble to Callaway's game. Like he had anticipated, he saw what the play was going to be. He was there if the pass was made. Callaway was really, really good. I don't think if you're going into the tournament, if Hermantown plays like they did at the end of that game, you want anything to do with them. There's no question about it, but the first team that will get a lot to do with them will be Laverne. The seeds are out, and Hermantown will open all of the single A, all of the tournament action on Wednesday, 11 a.m. We'll have it for you right here on this station. The number one seed is War Road. The number two seed is Hermantown. The number three seed is Matamidi. The number four seed is Orono. And the fifth seed is Northfield. Now, technically, they don't seed six, seven, and eight. The unseeded teams are Alexandria, Laverne, and St. Cloud Cathedral. And it is going to be Hermantown and Laverne. It'll be a, a bird versus bird matchup, the Hawks versus the Cardinals, although we had two chances at that with Alexandria in the mix as well. So Hermantown, Laverne on Wednesday morning at 11. Should be a good one to start the tourney. It's really too bad Laverne isn't a double-A team, and then it could have been East versus Laverne because we know Laverne, right? right. She would have loved that. Surely. Surely she would have. <laughs> See that? The uh, Here's the thing. You and I listened to the St. Cloud Cathedral Little Falls game for many reasons. Um, Little Falls was was ranked. I wonder if they would have pulled off the double overtime win. Had, they, the seeds would have had they been seated, yes. Very possible. Very possible that they could oh. have been seated. That's... That's kind of the fun of it. I just said, you know, way too many people make projections, but it's almost more fun to do it when the section finals have yet to be played because, well, if this team wins, they could go into yes. number one. If this team wins, they could win that section, but be four or five. I think War Road East Grand Forks had a situation like that. <laughs> Hermantown knew going into Thursday, hey, War Road wins, we got to be number two. Yeah. East Grand Forks win, we're far and away number one. Yeah, and, and War Road took care of that. Didn't they? Right. They were like, hey, East Grand Forks, thanks for showing. War Road made my schedule very easy because – I know the hockey community doesn't like that I like basketball. The basketball community doesn't like that I like hockey. My Wednesday, I get them both. Yeah. 11 a.m. in St. Paul to call some hockey. Back here at 7 to do PA for playoff basketball. I think that's the best best part of this whole show. Think it's is not? That, is that uh, people don't understand when, when we say busy. Um, yeah, that's kind of like the deal. That's like me uh, two Thursdays ago when I went – to Silver Bay in the morning to do some presenting, and then I had Barnum in the afternoon to do some presenting. And you're driving all over creation, but it's fun the whole time. Even when you're in a car, it's fun. Well, and that's the other piece, because you know who ends up super busy? That's John Carlson, because he has to be my driver that day. We'll be at the exit 11, probably out of there by 2, probably back in Duluth by 5. I can take a breath and take in Red McDonald's team in a home playoff game Wednesday. Their seeds for the section will be announced today. That's why I say it's not March Madness by NCAA terms yet. There's plenty of madness. You just got to look for it. Oh, 100%. And it's madness for us, and it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to talk to Dave Hoops. I've got a question about that uh, later today. What's your favorite part of said madness or this month? Yeah, no, it'll. it's going to be about state tournaments. Okay, plural. Yep. Heavy on the plural. Yep. Hear that or you just had a minor seizure right there? No, I blew the tire. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. So kudos to everybody involved in the section playoffs for hockey. They were very entertaining. We were so thankful for our sponsors to bring you playoff coverage. We're obviously thankful for our sponsors for this show every week. Absolutely. Thank you to Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina and Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group. Hey, Brian, you know, if if you, you know, I had Avery's wedding here a couple of years ago, right? Yes. A couple we, years already? Well, it's October of a doesn't year Doesn't it feel ago. like it was like last week? Yeah. Maybe uh, as the father of the bride, it doesn't. But for me, I no. think we were just talking about that not long ago. Yeah, no, truly. And and when they were looking for dates, it's always interesting how far in advance, you know, people are looking for dates. Right. And sometimes... There's a reason my wife and I were engaged 18 months. Well, but sometimes they, they go so early when, when people then get engaged, they think to themselves, man, I wish that we could do that. Well, you right. have to really wish. Blackwoods has all kinds of uh, event dates still open because they have so many really cool event spaces. I was going to say the locations are second to none. You've got the ballroom. You've got the Morris room. That's just in the one building right down the street here at Graceland. Yeah, and they have the back room at uh, East on 26. They have the big ballroom in Proctor. I mean, they have places that you can go. All of our prep fans, not to get confused, that's Blackwoods East, not East. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's true. Although they could probably figure that out. Right. But they have, they the, know ca- a guy. They have the catering that, that if you're in that point and you've got your event someplace else and you need food, they have the catering thing. 
But when we're talking about event spaces, you know, the first person you should call is Jax. Yeah, Jax is one of the best. She was truly our wedding coordinator of sorts. We did have a wedding coordinator in addition to her. But in terms of calming everything down, in terms of venue needs, payment, food needs, taking care of all the little stuff that put it together turns into big stuff, that was Jax for us. Give her a call, 722-7466. Area code 218, because again... Locally, you need area codes these days because everybody's on their cell phones. Isn't that something? How long did it take you to get used to that? Uh, I'll tell you this. I check my account balance banking-wise by using a teller line every week when I get paid. My job, my day job is weekly pay. I still have. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed because yeah. I don't always put in the 218. It happens all the time. Uh, Mall Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. The Incline Station. All right. Hold up a sec. The Incline right. Station. So you know I Are you park, gonna talk about the parking lot again? I park at the incline it's like station. Clockwork. Right? Well, yes. so hold on. It's more than that this time. <laughs> okay. So this is sort of a t- and I don't know why, but every single day this week that I've gone there, there's been like four or five school buses from schools around the area. I don't know if they have a bowling league for school, but I will tell you this that there's the incline station obviously supports regional education. Right. Because I mean, well, maybe Thursday when 709 was closed, they all went to Incline for a learning day. Uh, but the Lake Sh- the Lake Shore School District was there the other day. So that's Silver Bay, two harbors. Right. One, I mean, and so the Incline Station obviously supports some kind of league or or invites students to come and, and play. And I think that's like super cool. If only we knew somebody. Going to have to talk to Tim Sorensen and figure out what's going on over there because it's always something and it's all good things. Right. And then Famous Dave's in their little location up there in Hermantown. Again, we drove by it the other day and and I was thinking about the show and how easy it is to see them from Maple Grove, right? Maple Grove Road, right? Not like yes. from the western part of the city. going to say, cities. wow, go Crimson. Yeah. No, it's so easy to see them from there um, because their building is, you know, so glass and the sign is brand new and all that stuff. So they're right up by Sam's Club. Uh, the food hasn't changed. It's still rock star and you spend some time up there. No doubt. Kudos to Famous Daves. We're going to have a couple of Famous Daves talking to each other in about 10, 15 minutes. That's Dave Hoops and Dave Cook. Of course, I'm Brian Prudhomme. Kudos again to everybody involved in the hockey playoffs this week. We enjoyed them thoroughly. Eric Rewerts, the coach at Hibbing. Ben Johnson, the coach at Rock Ridge. Dale Jago at Denfeld. Pat Andrews and company. We'll talk to Greg Aker for Hermantown. Steve Petosha at East. Mark Manny's a class act for Andover as well. It's just been fun because so many hockey lifers, as you put it, doing great things. Uh, truly right. Um, and, and you're 100% on the coach from Hibbing. He should be coach Rewards. Yep. Yeah. Re, coach Rewards should be just thrilled with how his kids competed. Yep. Right. We watched the game and that might have been the best game, but because it was a semi, like we talked about last week, semis tend to get overlooked. Mondays shouldn't. Should not have. And and here's the thing. And, and I know you're going to roll your eyes because I said this a lot then. Hermantown beat Hibbing to every single puck all night long. And Hibbing still was there at the end. You know, they would have gone to overtime had there not been a magical play. Um, by Hermantown. The by Aaron Evian. Yep. Yeah, Evian, by the way. Have yourself a week. Right. Um, they don't have all tournament section teams. They should for him. Well, just call it the Evian Award right. after this week. But um, um, the Hibbing team did everything they needed to do to win. Um, Rockridge, we didn't expect what they did against Denfeld because Dale's such a good coach and he has, you know, Andy Larson and Postal are there and, and we were expecting a war and we had a war for a period. And then Rockridge just said, all right, so we can do this. Right. And and did it and, and just wrecked Denfeld. Um, uh, but then we had the Hermantown-Rockridge game, which was an exceptional game um, until, like we said, when Hermantown decided, well, we are who we are. Right. It's a 51-minute game, and after about 45 of them, Hermantown said, okay, that's enough. I know we haven't hit zeros yet, but your opportunities have. And then we talked about the Coon Rapids-East game last Sunday when we were on, so we don't have to spend any time on that. But when we saw East and Andover, first period was fantastic. And then, you know, give kudos to John Carlson. John Carlson was the first one to say, uh, East is doing a great job, but this Andover team is electric. Yep. And then and by, they showed it. They plugged yeah, in in the second they, period. They sure did. And like we said, they have a goal scorer for sure. But the Thorson kid, I mean, they're both Mr. Minnesota candidates. And uh, the Thorson kid, for me, and I haven't seen the other candidates, right? But between those two, whew, Right, so the state tournament field is set. We've announced the single-A field already. We'll bring you the double-A a little bit later. But again, Hermantown is the two-seed. They will open the tournament at 11 a.m. They will take on Laverne. 
And how it's ex- so funny. I know. When we know Laverne Hagen as well as we do, yeah. it does feel like we're talking about her every yeah, time. Be careful. Jay might Jay might defend right. Laverne. He's taking on Laverne and he's still winning as far as we know. But how good was the high school hockey playoffs this week? I don't think this has ever happened in the history of this show. We've been on the air for about 20 minutes and we haven't touched our opening topic that we usually give the first half an hour or two. So close circuit to Dave Hoops. We'll go 1035 today because we're going to cram an opening topic into 12, 13 minutes that we planned on spending 30 on. But again, tell me you're in Minnesota discussing high school hockey without telling me you're in Minnesota discussing high school hockey. Well, and pretty soon we get to start talking about high school basketball as well. Right. right. There are girls playoffs today, boys playoff seedings. They are happening. Votes are happening as we speak. Girls basketball playoffs were last night. If you have a sport at the prep or college level that you want to talk about, you've got a chance. This is March Madness. Welcome. How, how about the guard we've talked about up north? How about the opening topic? The we got we got to get to it at some point. Oh, but, yeah. I, but Isaac Awesome of Cherry, yes. We are <laughs> very happy to have him. Did you see? In the cities, they don't give them to Cherry. They give them to the Iron Range. Right. <laughs> the kid from the Iron Range who's coming. Well, at least they said Iron Range because if you remember when George W. Bush was in office, it was the Iron Ridge. Yeah, that's... And that's, if you're a Rock Ridge fan and you were listening to Dave Cook this week, it was the Ridge. That's the new cool term for your hockey team. Well, I try. Right. So the folks at Rock Ridge oh. wished that their section final would have turned into a victory. The folks at Duluth East wished that their section final would have turned into a victory. We started thinking about, you know, you've got teams that win 19, 20 games and they'd love to trade any of the 1920 games. We've got 10 minutes. We got to get to something. I know you're bursting to go backwards. We can't. Well, I can talk about a city edition basketball jersey Hurry for Rockridge that could just say the Ridge done. Okay, that was well, 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 well worth the wait. <laughs> All right. Oh my head. So at any point in this soliloquy, I'm going to get to where I was going. So again, Rockridge would like to trade a couple of regular season wins to take the section final and turn it into a victory. Steve Petosha and company would love to do that too. So Dave, you and I started talking about what if you could do that to pro sports? If you could say, ah, I don't need this win, this win, or this win, but I wish we would have won that game. Now, I don't need to know what specific game you'd get rid of to replace it with something, but we decided we'd have some fun. There's a lot of heartbreaking losses. That is Minnesota sports in general, professionally. But we can turn one for each team into a W. Where do you want to start? Well, I think for me, the the Vikings are the easiest. So we can get in and out of this one because the one loss that I wish we'd turn into a win is 9 I just think that that Vikings team had the horseshoe, right? And we talk about that all the time. A team needs to be good, but a team needs to start getting some breaks. And frankly, they had the horseshoe the entire game against New Orleans until the last three minutes, right? Right. And so, uh, and I think that team, have they win that game, I think they blow out in. So you're going to go 09 because there are three options to me, 87, 98, and 09. And I think in terms of an all-around team, 09 is the right choice. But in terms of the most prolific team and the best-remembered team, depending upon age, I think is 98. And I think they were probably the closest to should have gotten it done because all you got to do is put Gary's kick between the uprights. It's done. I, I think that every time we see one of those teams that didn't win, the best teams that didn't win, they're either first or second, that 98 team. Now, I think you're right. If the 09 team wins, they probably win the Super Bowl with relative ease, yep. all due respect to Peyton Manning. But if you go 98, is it tougher? Because the world wanted to see that Viking Broncos Super Bowl that we didn't get. I'm not sure the Vikings 98 team with that defense, who only played well with a sizable lead, can do it against John Elway. Yeah, no, I agree offensive to offensive, but... It's not like Denver came in with the 85 Bears defense either. I think that the Viking the thing about the Vikings is they could that team could score on anybody except Atlanta at the end of that game. And so um I mean that that's the easy one. Right. The, the third option, team is for me the one that Cuz they were got the better away. they were the better balanced yeah, they're team. They're the one that got away. They had a good defensive line, they had a decent secondary. Their defense Adrian. their defense wasn't embarrassing. Yeah, they had a good run game although Robert Smith to me is forever underrated so 98 had a good run game too. The other options, if you really wanted to go deeper, 87, could they have completed the glass slipper of being Cinderella and gone ahead and beaten Washington? You know, Darren Nelson hangs on. It might be different. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with, with that. The problem with that team is they they seem to get by on um, big moments and because they didn't really wreck anybody. They, they would have moments that were, oh, my gosh. Um, and then when they needed the moment, and it failed. It just felt like, you know, like the the Vikings this year that came back all the time late. Right. 
it just felt like when they didn't do that, that it was, you know, the shattered, right? And so it it's like that a little bit for me and that on that team is it feels like if Nelson catches that ball, maybe, but they had had, I mean, that was fourth down. Well, they would have gotten right. Denver again because I believe that was during the stretch that Denver was representing the AFC quite regularly in the Super Bowl. That was the Doug Williams, you know, Super Bowl win year. So we would have seen perhaps Vikes-Denver again if the Vikings would have gotten it done. The other two that I'll bring up just because then I can solidify going backwards on every NFC title game that the Vikings played in in my lifetime. You could, nobody does because it was a blowout. You could try to erase 41 Donut and maybe Chris Carter sticks around longer. Maybe Dante Culpepper's legacy is different. Maybe Randy Moss's attitude goes a different direction. If 41 Donut goes the other way, and I'm not saying the Vikings win by 41, but they win, maybe that team out of nowhere gets it done in general. That would have been interesting. And then the other thing is maybe we're not in a hurry to dismiss Mike Zimmer or Case Keenum, and maybe Kirk Cousins is never here if that team beats Philly and then at least goes to a Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a team that had the magic horseshoe that just imploded. Right. (laughs) That team... Because remember, they took the ball and jammed it down Philly's throat. To the first start. drive. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, we've seen it in other sports where a team says, ha! And then they just got rolled because they thought they had it in the bag. The crazy part was they scored. They forced a three and out. And you thought, boy, is this really happening? They're going to take a two-score lead and then let's see what happens. Well, then we threw a pick and then everything was done after that. Yep, It's amazing how that game went from this looks good to what happened in five minutes that's a great segue because almost every twins season recently has done that boy they're winning the division or at least they're a wild card and boy they got good pieces you know we had the team that had the mvp the batting champion and the cy young award winner on it what can this team do in the playoffs well basically since 91 literally since 02 the answer has been nothing what did you do for the twins because i went way back and i told you this earlier this week i did not actually i went to the bomba squad and the line and the line drive it's from gonna be the Rosario, Astros yeah, against the Astros, the line drive from Rosario literally was three inches away from a double, and they blow the Astros out in that game. But the catch at first base, it just kind of seemed to change things. And then Rocco made some weird pitching change decisions. Shocking, yeah. And and that team was special. And I think that right. team wins that one. And that team may have made a run because they had good pitching, they played good defense, and they had a load of power. See, and this is where baseball being one game in this opening topic rule becomes difficult because you're right, you make great valid points, but if the Twins win that game, they're up one game to none. There's nothing that says they wouldn't have still lost that series, wouldn't have gone anywhere, etc. So in terms of one game, this team has been in three World Series in their franchise history. All of them went to a Game 7. The two of them that I was alive for, they won. One well before I was born, they lost. I gave them the 1965 Game 7 victory because then they'd be undefeated in World Series. They would have beaten Sandy Koufax, which just say that sentence again on your own. And then I just kind of thought sentimentally, my dad, your dad, would have had a cool early life memory like we did. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And we forget about how good that team was. Like that team had loaded pitching. Right. They they played the game the right way. Killebrew was at the peak of his career. We had a young Carew. We had a young Oliva. Well, that's the other piece because Rod Carew is a Twins icon, but he's split between the Twins and the Angels. Now he's a much better player in Minnesota, without a doubt. Is Rod Carew even was considered Carew in that game? No, he was not. He came. He came later. I okay, think. I'm just making sure because I was yeah. going to say if he's Zoilio was your shortstop, and I. Don't think Crew was a second. Okay. I can look that up. But. I don't think he was in that game either, but let's yep. confirm because otherwise, if he was, it's does he ever leave? But I don't believe he was there. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think just so everybody knows, I'm fighting a migraine today. So there's every every bit of me that might go, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, and then I made him laugh on his ridiculous about something about Rockridge having a city version basketball jersey. And he whipped back in the studio and I don't know what's good to do with a migraine, but I know whipping your head back is probably bad. Not one of them. So it's gone from bad to worse. So we will move on from the Twins. I'm going 1965. You're going Bomba Squad. Both of those have plenty of merit. For the Wild, I don't know, because I'm not sure one game makes a world of difference. Yes, there were some games where they got beat and you wish they wouldn't have, but it's usually rounds. You know, why didn't the Chicago Blackhawks lay down for us once in the multiple times that they eliminated us? You know, J.S. Jaguar beat us, but he basically swept us. Yeah. So you can't take one. You got to take four. No, but with uh, with the Wild, um, it's always seemed like 
it's the momentum thing. So like last year against the Blues, right? They needed to keep the momentum going, and I wish they would have won game two, right? But the the game that really gets me is the stanchion game. Sure. So the they had the Blackhawks on the ropes, and then the X beat them because the the Blackhawks hit a stanchion, and the and the puck just magically showed up on their stick score right. win, and it just deflates. Right. I think that team uh, when they if they come if they continue to hold that and win, I think that that wild team all of a sudden makes a run. Versus, you know, they they ended up being another average middling team like they've been for most of their career. Right. And I just looked up Rod Carew briefly. He did not join the Twins until 1967, so he was not part of that 65 squad. So maybe in a weird way, it's better that the Minnesota Twins lost that game seven because maybe some folks that know this better than I do would nominate it for a preposterous statement. But what if the Twins would have won in 65? When 67 rolls around, would they have decided we don't need Rod Carew yet? We're defending world champions from just a couple years ago, and we're okay with what we got. But for the Wild, I went to another game seven that they did lose, and it wasn't that long ago. They gave the Vegas Golden Knights one heck of a seven-game series and just didn't get it done in game seven. Had they gotten to round two that year? Now, round two has been a bugaboo for ages, but could that team have done something? It would have been fun to find out. The irony with that would have been, that would have meant that they would have beaten Flower, who's now one of their guys. He's not the guy. We'll have more on that later. Yeah, that that wild team was was also very, very good. And that was kind of Erickson X coming out party year. And so it would have been it that team would have been fun as well. I mean, they had they had some stuff going for them. But I mean, to lose because of a piece of equipment in your own right. arena. Yeah, no, you're that's right. That's the one. That's the most difficult loss. But the thing is, had they won the stanchion game you would have gone to a game seven and then you just got to see what would have happened for the T wolves. It's tough too, because one game is not the big difference maker in basketball super often either. There's a couple things that I had come into play in my head. And one was kind of tongue in cheek. Cause I said, well, let's have them win one more game in the season that they ended up drafting Johnny Flynn later, <laughs> because then maybe they wouldn't have drafted high enough to even get him, And maybe Steph Curry would have fell in our lap instead of having to go before someone and screwing it all up. Yeah, no, there, there's there's a lot of stuff. I was like going to say, that. if I could change the outcome oh. of a game, maybe I'm changing that Georgetown-Syracuse game yeah. to go the opposite way, and then Johnny Flynn isn't a hype machine. How how about lose one more game and take a shot at Alonzo Mourning instead right. of Christian Leitner, right? right? Well, the, that's the it. The win you want him to get isn't even a game. It's a lottery when you got third in a two-man draft. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the big number one that we got the other few years ago does this summer because I don't think Cat's coming back now. Um, I think with uh, with the Timberwolves, it's recent. Like the game that they went up huge on Memphis, and Memphis came back to win. That's the one because the they should have had the momentum. They in had that series. They had every ounce of momentum in right. that series, and then you know Carl they had every ounce of momentum and never had a lead in terms of games. Yep, Carl Carl pitched a fit. All of a sudden, the team you know turned and, and exploded, and so that's the game. That I think if they win, all of a sudden it's a it's more than just a series. I think they win the series, right? And if that team gets on a roll, who the knows? other one for me was I believe it was Seattle. This was back in the day where the Sonics were in the NBA, and they and the Timberwolves played a game five. I want to say ninety seven or ninety eight against Garnett and company. Which let's face it, there was a long stretch of years where it just was Garnett and company. And I wonder if they would have got out of the first round once before the magical, you know, MV3 season, if just the label of who the Wolves are would have changed. And maybe you get big names to want to come here before just that one season with Cassell and Sprewell. And maybe it changes the outlook on the Timberwolves in general. In general. It's a reach, but I wonder. I wonder if that uh, also stops the Joe Smith deal. Uh, and the Joe there you Smith go. deal. Said, Anything that we could do to do that well, is worth the it. franchise back 20 years. So. No question about it. We set the show back a good five minutes at least talking so much high school hockey in segment one, but it is that time of year. Changing losses to victories. The hockey playoff teams can't do it. We can't either. But we get a victory every week with Dave Hoops. He's next. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, soon to be joined by Dave Hoops, one of our illustrious sponsors. Again, each and every week, we are so very grateful for all of our sponsors. We'll give them a shout out right now. Yeah, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem, and Screen Printing. Justin May at Messina Associates, who we'll talk to in just a little bit ago. Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewards, Bikes, Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, 
Arola Architecture Studio, OAR Holdings, and Hoops Brewing. Hoops Brewing. Dave Hoops is on the horn with us once again. He has routinely been our second segment over the last several weeks. Dave Hoops, first off, good morning. And then as we get to you here, I got to think the first segment today was kind of bread and butter for you because we spent about 20 minutes recapping high school hockey from the week. I know you love that. And then wins we wished we could have had for our pro sports teams. I'm imagining you have a lot to add today. And again, good morning. Oh, good morning. Yeah, I um, I didn't get all the second segment. I'm really sorry I had to take a call, but um, I really enjoyed the um, talk about uh, all the hockey. Uh, I was, uh, I'm very engaged, and um, I've got, you know, obviously the East thing is a bummer, but uh, you lose that bad, you really can't be that upset about it, you know? Right. You simply had a great team, flex that they were a great team. You get two Mr. Hockey candidates, and you go, boy, at least on paper, these two kids must be good, the Conway kid and the Thorson kid. For Andover, you get a chance to see them in person. They were that good. But again, Steve Patosha putting a program back on the map. Big ups to him, obviously. And then Hermantown just back where they've been for the last half decade or so. Yeah, it was. Um, I really enjoyed that other game. I cannot believe that Brett didn't call any penalties. I just, it was like old school hockey. I wonder if those two talked about just letting them play in that Hermantown game. There were, I don't know, a dozen really, really. Yeah, callable penalties and they, nothing. It was really interesting and it was fun hockey, really. It really was. Both classes providing good hockey, particularly in Section 7 this week. It was an honor for Dave and I and John Carlson to bring it to you. Dave Hoops, I know you're a big attendee of the A tournament. The seeds are out for that as well. Again, if you missed it in the first segment, Hermantown is the two-seed in single A. They'll take on Laverne to start the tournament. That'll be at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. The seeds are as follows in Double A. It's going to be Minnetonka is the one, Maple Grove is the two, Edina is the three, Andover is fourth, and Lakeville South is fifth. So Dave Hoops, real quick, the matchups look like this. Thursday will be Maple Grove versus Creedon-Durham Hall to kick it all off. Edina versus Moorhead. That'll be the second game of the tournament on Thursday. Then the evening session Thursday, Minnetonka plays Hill Murray. Talk about traditional powers there. And then Andover versus Lakeville South. So should be great brackets in single A and double A once again. Yeah, I can't wait. I see it pretty much chalk in Class A with really just a great finals game. Let's hope. Um, Double A, though, I'm going to get there probably during that, towards the end of that Maple Grove game, I think they're going to win. I think the Spuds are going to beat Edina. That's one of the great reasons to go to root against them. Um, Minnetonka Hill-Murray, what a classic. You know, I just, I, I, I'm picking Hill-Murray, which is kind of against my typical behavior. And Andover, I think, handles South easily, and then we go forward. I can go further if you'd like, but I'll stop there. Hey, if you'd like to, that's your bread and butter, man. This is your favorite time of year. Like I said, it's March 4th, and the phrase March Madness is from NCAA basketball. We're not there yet, but March didn't wait in giving us madness. So go ahead. Well, Friday night is, in my opinion, the best. Well, it's really kind of the best day in hockey with the Class A games, but then I always go for uh, early dinner with my sister-in-law, Katie, who will be down there, and then, you know, it's the best night in hockey. And, you know, if it goes like I said, it will be Maple Grove-Moorhead early game, Murray versus Andover late game, right? Right. Um, It's almost as though you should do a bracket challenge at Hoops for high school hockey. That's something you could do. A lot of good things going on at Hoops. A lot of hockey on the college level, too. UMD, I'll tell you what, the UMD men have been the epitome of inconsistency, and I think they know that. But it seems like if UMD could just play St. Cloud State every weekend, they'd be a much better team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, of course, I'm going to be hoping that they can pull out a miracle over the the, the weekend, but um, you know, next weekend. But uh, I'm really excited about pulling for the the ladies and maybe having the old U- University of Minnesota and UMD up here for the Frozen Four. That would be a lot of fun. Obviously, yeah. Duluth is going to be put on display for the women's Frozen Four. Unfortunately, the Frozen Faceoff didn't go particularly wonderful for UMD. Yesterday, they lose to an obviously very talented Ohio State team. But again, Coach Kroll and the UMD women's hockey team, maybe the most underrated team in hockey up here, period. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, and I, it's interesting to me that the University of Minnesota and boys and girls are heads and tails like the cream of the crop this year in, in, in college hockey. Um, I don't even think Ohio State makes the Final Four, but that's a bold prediction. We'll see um, in, the, in the women's. 
but um, I just, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, speaking of stuff that we're looking forward to, just I got to give a shout out to the robotics groups. Yeah. They're here this weekend. It's a huge thing. There's a thousand plus people down there. Everybody's happy and out and it's a nice day. It's, uh, we should give that a nod. It's great. I appreciate that you did that because when Dave Cook and I pulled into the parking lot in Amsoil, I think it was Thursday, we got to East Section Final plenty early and we went, my goodness, the parking lot is packed. We knew when we saw some of the uh, heavy artillery, if you will. Oh, robotics is here. That's a big deal. You know, what's crazy to me, Dave, about the robotics group is so often, you know, the kids that are really good at this, really good at this, 20 years ago were marginalized, right? They, they didn't have this kind of opportunity to show not only their scientific background, but their ability to work hands-on. And you have guys who can, or guys and gals, I shouldn't say just guys, universal guys who can wrench, who can program, you know, who can, who can set up all the robotic uh, opportunity or all the like actions and stuff. I'm going to use the wrong words, but it always amazes me how finally, you know, every kid in high school has something that they can, they can be competitive in. Oh, you, you're absolutely right. And it, it's wonderful. And if uh, my kids had done that, I would have driven them all over the country doing that. It's all awesome. And, and it needs to be recognized, all this stuff. And people forget it's all windshield time with your kids, which is priceless. It really is. I think that's very well said. I'm also going to give a shout out Alpine skiing Duluth East. All they did was win state this year. So a lot of different sports getting <laughs> well, a lot of love. Way, right? right. And robotics is something that, you know, didn't necessarily exist when we were in high school. Dave talked about the marginalization. Now it's a huge deal. We love it. There's so much to talk about. We're going to talk about random things with you as well because we're able to do that. I won't say this about prep sports, but we talk about college sports. There's so much. I want to kick back with a beer from Hoops and just enjoy it all. Maybe we should go to the robotics thing next year. Do a show from there. Yeah. There you go. show from there next year. We would learn a lot. No question. Speaking of learning a lot, Dave Hoops, we always learn a lot about your perspectives on great topics that Dave Cook brings us. Go ahead. So we just talked about the high school hockey tournament. So I have, I have a couple of questions about hockey or high school tournaments in general. So, guys, I'm going to take the high school tournament out of it, be a hockey tournament out of it, because we talk about that all the time. Beyond the high school hockey tournament, what's your favorite high school tournament? Oh, for me, it's, it's real easy. It's track and field. And that's when I was fortunate when I was in high school to be able to participate. And uh, track was really my, my primary sport, even though I played many and it's it's just so fun. It's always warm out. Um, it's just there's so many things going on. It's like a mini Olympics. That's the easy one for me. I think that's pretty well said. For me, it's easy. It's the two that I attended. It's the same sport, but I was able to go twice as a student manager. What's my favorite sport? It's basketball. The state basketball tournament, especially now, and some people think, well, there's too many classes. It's watered down. Especially now, I think if you can get to enough venues, it would be more fun because you hear about oh, there's this kid who plays at a small school that maybe doesn't get enough exposure or you don't see him. But by the way, his team made it to state. Go check that out. And then you know of the bigger schools because fair or not, they tend to get more attention. And there's D1 commits, D2 commits all over the place. I want to see him play or her play. The, the girls, girls basketball in Minnesota is phenomenal. The Paige Beckers, the Gianna Neepkins, you know, Madden Greenway is a sight to behold. I'm going all over at either gender's basketball tournament. See, and for me growing up in Little Falls, at the time I grew up in Little Falls, the women's basketball program was, I almost said the wrong thing. The women's basketball program was was impressive. And the first team I ever saw, full court press an entire game. So it's women's basketball for me. All right, so then let's flip it, guys. I'm not going to say one that you dislike because that's not fair. But I'm going to ask you about a tournament maybe you don't understand or don't appreciate as much as you think maybe you would. Um, football, um, of course I, you know, I, I played football and my high school team was Glencoe and we ended up, um, combining with Silver Lake, which was a nine man team, which was just a bunch of warriors. They, they, those guys were like Vikings. Uh, and now they're really good and we never got to go, but of course there were so many different classes and it's almost like a, like a festival of, of not even being able to keep up with it when it used to be at the Dome and stuff like that. Right. So I, I didn't go out of my way to attend and or watch that on TV, surprisingly enough. Well, and I think part of that, too, is timing because there are two in terms of timing that gets kind of the short end of the stick, if you ask me. And Dave hit on one of them. It's football. Because, first of all, Northeastern Minnesota football hasn't been good enough in ages to really be part of it, except for ESCO. Okay. But at the same time, it's usually played darn close to, or if you're in the final, Thanksgiving weekend. 
your mind is in a different place on Thanksgiving weekend, whether it should be or not. And then if you really want to talk about when timing is difficult, baseball. I know we've had tremendous baseball here with Denfeld, Marshall, East, what have you. But what's the coolest part about the state tournament? The bands, the students, the community being crazy about it. Baseball state happens when school's out. Everybody goes their own direction on that. And I think baseball coaches kind of get hosed that way and bringing their teams there. I think up here, the one that we overlook and dismiss is the wrestling one. Like all the pageantry and so many. Too many schools up here don't have it. Right. And and the, the thing about the wrestling is not just teams. Like, so again, Little Falls was really good when I was a kid. But this year they only sent one. But they're still there. Do you know what I mean? And because they mix the – it's like track and field a little bit where they mix the, the team and the individual stuff. All right. So off of that topic, um, we've talked in the past about beer mosas. The other day I was talking Delicious. to somebody, talked about a beer and a bump. Uh, Dave is a brewer. What combination with beer is blasphemy? Well, real quick, And which Dave is hoops. actually kind of cool. Well, and real quick, Dave Hoops, beer and a bump. Sounds like a great college volleyball promo that you could take advantage of. Go ahead. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say blasphemy, Dave, because, you know, teach their own. Yep. But there, there's this movement of Dr. Pepper and, and light beer, which is not a movement that I am on board with. So let's just say that. Um, on the other side, yes, beer mosas are tremendous, and we um, yeah, are. do quite well with them. But, you know, it's also, it's really, if you, if you like Bloody Marys or you like tomato juice, Adding, you know, a red eye, just, a, you know, a light beer and, and some tomato juice is amazingly good. I'm a huge fan of that, and it's good for you, too. So those are my, my, my bookends there for you. All right, I love that idea. I'm not going to answer because Dave Hoops knows better than me. I just was going to listen. I just caught the end of that and loved it the most, that it's good for me. So when I go to Hoops next, which is going to be sooner than later, if anybody gets on me about I think you've had one too many of those, it's good for me. Back off. Speaking of good for me, what's always good is cherry ale. I had some at Crooked Pint last weekend, hoping they still have some here maybe later today. Does the brewery still have some? Because I know it's double the batch work this year. Is it still going? Um, yes, and I just want to really quick, because I know we're out of time, just give a nod to an amazing day today. You know, there's a bunch of great NCAA games. And, of course, we'll have a for uh, entertainment-only pool down at Hoops for you guys and anybody nice. that wants to play. Nice. Um, and um, obviously there's some really good hockey coming up, and I love that Klinberg pickup. I just wanted to give that a shout-out real quick. Yeah, the Wild were um, very busy yesterday, without question. Billy G did not disappoint, and I'm I'm with you on Klingberg. I kind of hope he channels the Dallas version of him maybe three, four years ago instead of the Anaheim version, but it should be a good get. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, thanks. Sorry about jumping off script there for a minute but yes we have cherry and uh we're winding it down we're going to be pouring some at the saint patty's day uh beer dinner up at ridgeview which is kind of a a cool thing and then we also um we just brewed our 500 batch of beer uh, which is a big milestone for us and we made the same beer we made it in our very first batch which is a uh, unusually uh it's only three breweries make it year-round here in minnesota it's a german hefeweizen the original hazy beer only been around for 1,300 years or so. So we brewed that for our 500 batch. And, of course, remember, we just started trivia on Monday night, 6.30. Come in, win prizes. I do love that idea. I'm finally free on a Monday night this week. Might have to check that out. Dave Hoops, always great things to check out at your brewery, the brewery that doubles as a great sports bar. Find a watch party at Hoops for any game you want. Appreciate you. Let's talk again next weekend. Closed circuit to you next weekend. We're going to go Sunday because we got to get back from the state tournament. And we think during our show, we just might be calling the Hawks in a state title game. So Sunday next week, we'll talk to you then. I'll see you guys at state. Thanks. Sounds good. Sounds good. That's our guy, Dave Hoops. Stick around. Our next guy is Justin May. He's next. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Northland sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, little double meaning to our intro music for Justin May today. Brick house. He's our guy that knows all about housing. And Dave Cook, the last time you saw Justin May in person, You commented on his outstanding physique. You said, I forgot that that guy's built like a ton of bricks. He's a strong man with some strong takes. We'll hear from him shortly. 100%. That is a a big man, and if you're looking to buy a big house, why not buy it from a guy that is kind of a brick house? Perfect place to do it with Justin May at Messina & Associates, one of our many sponsors. Dave Cook, you're going to pay homage right now. Absolutely. The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Famous Dave's, the Incline Station, Arola, Architecture, Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, and now from Messina & Associates, 
Mr. Justin May. You know, you might be onto something. A lot of folks make dessert pizzas these days, and yeah. if Sammy's ever made a peach one, you could have a Sammy's pizza. I, You'd be I, just I could, fine. As long as the crust is gluten-free, we'd be great. And again, if you're just joining us, first of all, where were you? But second of all, the state tournament seeds are out. Hermantown is seed number two in the single-A bracket, mainly because of the head-to-head with War Road this year, and War Road's undefeated, so they are the number one. That number one seed gets the 6 o'clock game. Hermantown's had that for many years. The number two seed's always gotten the opening game at 11 a.m. That's what we will have for you on these airwaves. Wednesday morning at 11, Justin May, I know you're happy and proud of the Hawks. Will you be there? Are you planning on going to state at all? Yeah, I think we're going to drive down Wednesday. You know, I had a 19-year run where we didn't miss a single state playoff game. We were at every single one of them down at the X, and a couple buddies and I had a great, great time and always had a lot of fun. Hadn't been there. I haven't been there in a couple of years because of COVID and some other things going on. But I think, uh, you know, H-Man's six now, so it'd be cool for him to get the experience to see what the real end-all goal is of this whole process we call Utahki. No doubt going as a kid is a different feel. I know I didn't go to my first one until I was 12, but there's something about when you're younger than being a high school student that is very special. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Obviously, we hope the Hawks have a ton of success. I want to talk to you about college hockey, too, because – I mentioned it to Dave Hoops. I said, you know, the Bulldogs have been inconsistent on the men's side. We know it. They are consistent against St. Cloud. This used to be Brett figured out Scott. Brett Larson got the best of Scott Sandlin. It's flipped this year. Anything to you stick out as to why? No, it just, you know, it has the same feel, and it kind of reminds me of when Scott was a young coach and we used to go to Grand Forks and come home every weekend with our heads hanging low, and it didn't matter what team was there and what team we had. It was just... Dean and Scott had so much history together that it was always a battle. They knew what each other was thinking. They knew what was going to happen with the shift change changes, and Dean just kind of always got our number. I think Scott's kind of doing the same thing to Brett, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy watching it. Same here, no doubt. But the question is for UMD, it's going to be cliche. They're going to have to go one game at a time. Can they find consistency enough to do it? Because realistically, and pairwise math is beyond me, but it sure seems like winning the NCHC postseason tournament is the only ticket to be in the NCAAs. That's not a spot UMD is used to being in, having to really get going to get in. Can they find that consistency, do you think? Because there's good talent here. They just haven't had the cohesiveness that we wanted. Right, and there's been some injuries. And remember the first championship, It was they got in by .003, yes, remember? Yes. I think there were billboards everywhere. So. It don't matter how you get there. You just got to get in to have a chance. Yeah, it was point several zeros, I think, and maybe a one, or you said three, and I know Gopher fans like Dave Cook still looked away when you mentioned that because I think it was either going to be the Bulldogs or the Gophers, but we'll see which team can call the NCAA tournament home. Speaking of homes, we're into March. It's madness in sports. What's it like in the housing world? It is starting to pick up. I, I know I keep saying that, and it's getting redundant, but – the nicer the days get out, the more people are starting to look at the big websites again. And you can always go to mzr.com and check out our stuff as well. We have everything that the big sites have. Um, but, yeah, it's getting fun, starting to get some phone calls, a lot more phone calls. Everything's picking up, uh, hoping, hoping to list more homes. So if, you, if you're even thinking about um, selling, give me a call. Let's have a conversation because this market is ripe again for sellers. There's a lot of buyers out there that are looking that are definitely frustrated. They've probably been looking for six months. They uh, they probably have put six or seven uh, offers in on homes and lost. So they're still they're still trying to buy, and there just isn't much inventory. Right. It's good to hear that things are picking up. You mentioned to give you a call if they want to do some buying or some selling. Two one eight three one zero nine five five nine. How about that? I don't even have to look anymore. I've got your number memorized, my friend. Time to play buy or sell with you, not in terms of houses, but in terms of sports. All four major leagues, I give you a statement. You agree, you say buy, you tell me why. You disagree, you say sell, and you tell me why. Your responsibility is the order in which we play. How do you want to do it today? Uh, Let's go NFL first. All right, so the NFL hot topic with the Vikes is what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's leaving, but it's is he going to play this contract out or get another new one? I'm going to go a different direction. We'll find out what happens there. But buy or sell, if you're the Vikings, you draft a quarterback and you do it as early as round one. 100% buy. Even if he's in for four more years, then he'll be what, 41 years old? 
it's time to start developing a, a quarterback in in the Vikings program and not buying one from somewhere else because this has been what a twenty year turmoil with <laughs> do we have a quarterback or not? Twenty. I'm I'm forty four next month. I would say it's been most of my Since life. I, I think you're right. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to sell a little differently. I don't think the Vikings have enough horsepower to go up and get one of the big four. Right. So unless you're going to draft the hooker kid from Tennessee, I that's just, his last name, not a hobby. Go right, ahead. I I just think otherwise you're drafting a project like they've drafted for the last 20 years, who's going to sit on the practice squad and then get cut. Right. I think you need to when you do draft a quarterback, you need to go get one, and they just don't have enough draft capital to do so. I agree with a lot of that. I'm going to sell as well, but I'm going to tepidly sell. And mainly because if the Vikings coming off a 13-win season, believe they can be in the mix again, competitive rebuild, whatever you want to call it, you're addressing your most glaring needs. Quarterback two is not it. You know, Nick Mullins is what he is. You hope you don't have to use him. Kirk has been healthy, knock on wood, for the majority of his Vikings tenure. But you have to address either this defense or this offensive line because late in the season, those two problems cropped up either in depth or in incapable of stopping anyone. So I would address either one of those. Justin May, where to next? Let's go NBA. All right. NBA, the Timberwolves have been okay. That's the definition of a 500 basketball team. But Carl Anthony Towns has been no part of this for about 40 games or so. There's less than 20 to go in the regular season. We don't hear much of anything in terms of update or timetable. So let's just call it what it is. Buy or sell that Carl Anthony Towns plays another game for the Wolves this year. Well, with his actions recently, I, I you almost have to sell this. Isn't he not pulled himself basically out of the building? And is it, he's is he injured? Is he not injured? I mean, I, I guess there's too many unknowns, but it just seems like the the question's already been answered in his mind. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's playing again this year. And it's because some so of that the, would include the postseason. You don't think he plays? I agree. Yes, because I think that if you look at the worry, right? The worry is the the Achilles is what he doesn't want to right, go. Right, they've and, done and, everything but call it that. But and, the timetable looks more like it. And and you can't blame him for that. But here's the thing: he's been working out with boxing. He hasn't been on the floor, right? He has he has made trips all over the world, but he hasn't been on the floor. So I mean, if if that's how serious you're taking this is that you're going to be doing fun things during the season uh, that are outside of basketball. I, I just don't see the burn. I agree with you. We said it on the way in. The bummer is we think he's done as a Timberwolf. That's not the bummer. But the bummer is because he's missed so much time with a relatively, as Justin said, unknown injury, you're going to get rid of him and you're going to get a decent return. But now you're going to get a decent return and not a great one. Yep. That's the difficulty. All right, two down, two to go. Justin May, what's next? NHL. All right, NHL, let's just call it what it is once again. The Minnesota Wild are hot right now, but they don't even deserve to be called the Minnesota Wild. They deserve to be called the Fighting 97s or the Fighting Kaprizovs <laughs> or whatever the case may be because outside of Gustafson and, to some extent the other night, Flower and the Nets, this is Kaprizov, and then hopefully we're ahead when it hits zeros or the shootout is over, then Goudreau gets involved. But Billy G was busy during this trade deadline. You know, you got the Nyquist guy who's still injured and might be available towards the end or in the playoffs. You know, you got the the Sunquist gentleman from Detroit. Trevor. The Klingberg pickup is huge, I think. Depends on which version of him we get. But buy or sell that Billy G did enough to actually help the Wild yesterday. I'll buy enough about those players to, to talk um, intelligently. I do like the way that Boldy's coming on. I know it isn't showing on the stat sheet, but... He's starting to play like uh, like they thought he was going to. He's he's got more talent than what he showed so far. You can see it; it's developing. Um, when you have a superstar like Kirill, they're they're getting close, and I think Billy knows that. So he's trying to put some small pieces around to make it better. But the spotlight definitely is going to be in that. I mean, those two they're playing outstanding right now, and let's hope they can keep doing it. They really are because there was a time when Gustafson was struggling and I made light of it and I said, you know, one of our great sponsors is Mount Royal Bottle Shop and I love Bob Gustafson. I'm not sure we wouldn't do better with him. Times have changed in a big way. This this team is fun, but is there enough? I think that there's some really interesting messages that have been sent here, right? I think the defenseman from Anaheim, the Dallas guy, I think that puts Kalen Addison on, hey, you know what? There's hey, a real chance you're not going to be here. For sure. Um, 
but I think it makes Boldy better. And and we've talked about that all year. And I and I know uh, Jay agrees with this. You need to have Boldy with adults who know how to get him the puck, right? If you keep putting him with guys that struggle with that, I mean, the Johannes guy is going to be great. I think the uh, Sunquist guy is going to help because he's a center, I believe. Um, I just think the goal here is that first line is kind of set. You got to give your next superstar things to go with him. And I think that's what they did. I think so, too. And I'm glad you brought up Marcus Johansson in his second stint with the Wild. I think it'll be helpful as well. He's the one I didn't bring up because he came here before yesterday. Obviously, he's played already since coming back over to the Wild. The other thing we didn't mention is maybe the best thing Billy G did was he finagled Jordan Greenway into a pair of picks. And there is a such thing as addition by subtraction. And I said the big rig had kind of become a big joke. So they got rid of him. And let's see if that helps just creating space and time for other players. Closing with Major League Baseball, we have a guest for Major League Baseball right around the corner, so this is great. Chronological order by you, Justin May. And I'm going to keep it simple today. We're into spring training. Opening day is roughly a month away, a little less than that. Buy or sell, the Twins should be the favorite to win the Central Division in the American League. Sell. I hate to be be a pessimist, but we live in Minnesota. I want them. You know how big of a fan I am and how much. I mean, I listen to every single game, but... If we're thinking they're going to win anything, we are kidding ourselves. I do love how big of a fan you are. I think we need an NSP sponsorship night down at Target Field. we gotta, we got to get that organized at some point this year because all of us love the Twins and love baseball. Dave, I know you love it enough where you disagree. Yeah, I do disagree. I think that they finally have depth in the pitching staff. I think they've got young kids who can play. I think they've got some veterans leadership. Uh, I, I know that Cleveland won it last year, but Cleveland really won it because the Twins imploded. The White Sox scare me to death because I think their manager was the reason they got uh, so discombobulated last year. But I think the Twins have the best balance. I think there's a lot of possibility there. I'm going to cautiously sell that they'll be the favorite, but I'm going to listen carefully to what I said using the term favorite. Because who determines that? Is it Vegas? Is it national pundits that have you know big TV and radio shows? Because if it's that, it's not going to be the Twins. Because Cleveland won it last year because Chicago has the biggest names and the best pitchers with me for Cease and Giolito. I know Cleveland as a whole has better pitchers, but one and two both are in Chicago. So I don't think anybody who determines favorites or gives credit for being a favorite will say it's the Twins. But I think watch out as the season goes on, like you said, depth and balance, it might be. So that's our take with buy or sell. Once again, Justin May, I've got to memorize. You better have your own number memorized. If they want to buy or sell with you, how can they do it? 218-310-9559 or 24-7 on mzr.com. Love you, Justin May. Let's talk perhaps at State, but for sure next week. The show is Sunday after State next week. We'll talk to you then. Sounds awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Absolutely. You as well. That is Justin May. That is our one. The Northland Sports Page continues to talk some baseball from spring training. When we come back, stick around.